This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey, this is Mega Rand, teacher, rapper, hero, waffle lover. And you're checking out ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Turn it up and share. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard worse when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Wrestling fans, happy WrestleMania weekend. If you guys don't know where you've been under a rock, if you're not even if even if you're a casual, you gotta know that this is like a holiday weekend for wrestling fans. This is like the biggest event of the year. This is WrestleMania weekend. WrestleMania is here, but now along with that, a whole flock of other wrestling events going on right now in New Jersey and New York that happen starting Friday, starting Saturday, and definitely starting tonight because WrestleMania is tonight in the god-awful seven-hour special that we're going to see tonight. Um, nonetheless, it should be some good stuff in there and probably some stuff that's just going to drag. But... Yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, sorry, we're going to have a little bit of wrestling talk before we get into the news of our favorite fandoms, as well as our big talk topic today, and that is my review of Shazam, and trust me, I got a lot to talk about that as a Philadelphia. So we're going to get down on that soon, but uh, I got to give shout out to all of everybody involved in this weekend's uh, WrestleMania weekend. It's been crazy, but it's also, it's been really fun. It's been really great. Uh Ring of Honor's uh, New Japan Supercard, G1 Supercard was last night. Shout out to my man, Mega Ran. He made it to the garden. The man that you hear every week on this show, the theme music for this show, made an appearance at Madison Square Garden. He walked that aisle to Madison Square Garden. To a New York crowd, he's a Philadelphian. So you kind of put two and two together on how that came. But nonetheless, he handled it very well. I thought he did a great job. He stepped up to bully this time. Because if you guys recall, if you are not wrestling fans, Megaran actually has been in an altercation with Bully Ray or Bubba Ray Dudley uh, in, the, in the last show that he did in Vegas. And now he came back to the Garden. So it was great. No matter what happened in that segment, 
he made it to the garden and it was awesome to see him there and to see the Harris music blaring because they used the song going to the garden as the main theme song for the pay-per-view that can't be more no bigger accomplishment right there that is awesome and then he got a segment with bully ray i'm hoping that he doesn't have a chain whelp in his back as a result of that but it was really good he he lived he lived his dream and he's continuing to live his dream i am so proud of that dude and happy to have uh him in my life as a part of this show as a part of everything that i've been in for him to walk my path and, and I to him as well. So, and shout out to um, my man Michael Burhan. Uh, he's been on the show before too. He was also attending there as well. He's from the UK, so he, I mean, he knows about the the American crowd. But this is, I think, really his first hardcore crowd experience with New York because he's been in Philly. I think he's been a friend of honor for Philly before he came down and to, to do that. But he was so mad at how they reacted to Mega Red. And it was expected because one, he's a Philly guy and this New York. And there's always been some case with that. And two, I mean, it was just like they wanted to see blood and guts. And when it came to going up against Bully Ray, you want to see somebody go through a table or something. And I'm glad they didn't go that far. You know, because Bully can go as far as like lighting up, uh, flaming up a table and doing it. And he, I'm glad he didn't take the bump. He took a light bump in consideration, but I like the fact that he stepped up to Bully Ray. That's Philly That's Philly Funk right there. So, great job, Mega Ran. And, uh, you know, congratulations once again. But, also, this, the show for me, and, and G1 Supercard was a great show overall. But it wasn't flawless. It had its moments. It had its unfortunate moments in there that I won't even speak of. It's just not worth it to, to, based upon what was going on. Um, but... There were also really great moments, great title changes, everything like that, too. Awesome. NXT TakeOver is one of those shows that you show a student that wants to become a wrestler and say, that's what you need to do. From start to finish, that show was awesome. I loved it. It was Every match was great. It, it went off without a hitch. There was absolutely flawless. I mean, flawless, 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 flawless. And the crowd was white hot from start to finish. There was no tiring out of the crowd for five, for the five matches that they had, and they all title matches as well. It was absolutely awesome. So it's no brain. It's a no brainer. I'm sorry, WrestleMania will not be nearly that good, you know. And then I I didn't see the Hall of Fame yesterday, but I also did see the video footage of somebody trying to attack legendary Hall of Famer Bret Hart while in the ring, and it was just crazy and scary at the same time. Just too much chaos people we need to chill out with all this stuff all this going crazy like i don't know what the hell is going to happen with that situation i don't think it was a work at all but it's it was distasteful it was distasteful not to mention the guy just fought through he thought he's still alive fighting uh fought a uh a stroke years ago and you're gonna try to attack the dude like what the hell is going on here hopefully we'll get more further information on that but I'm glad he's okay. He was still able to continue and do the actual speech that was honoring Jim the Anvil Nyhart, his best friend, his family. And that to me was just even more distasteful. So I'm glad everything turned out okay. He was able to still induct Jim the Anvil Nyhart. He was able to do the speech and the crowd was all with him and supported him the whole entire way. So great job on that. Natalia as well, his daughter as well. I mean, what a... What a douchebag thing to do. It was just insane. But 
I digress. We got a lot of news to talk about in the world of our favorite fandoms, as well as I said, are my interesting review as a Philadelphian of Shazam by DC Films. So let's not waste any time, people. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. So among all of the festivities going on and all the events going on in the world of professional wrestling and the release of Shazam, all in this in the same week, we also get the chilling adventures of Sabrina season two. Had no idea this was coming out. It's officially out now. I have no means of being able to watch it this week and due to everything that's going on this week and so i'm probably gonna have to watch it next week but i've already been told that there's some really great episodes as always i'm looking forward to watching this so it's if you had to notice if you didn't get the notification out there go check it out the chilling adventures of sabrina season two for all you riverdale fans it's the spinoff to riverdale it's the other town outside of riverdale greendale and it stars sabrina in a world of witches along with a lot of cool other characters in here this is like the new buffy the vampire slayer it, that's the vibe I've gotten on the first season. It was really great. Well done. They even had a Christmas special, which was really awesome. But you got to know, this is not the Melissa Joan Hart version of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I guarantee you, if you're not into the dark, decrepit, you know, really, really crazy, demonistic type of things or satanic things that goes on, this show is not going to be for you. So I'm just letting you know now. It's like it's going to be some crazy thing. This is witchcraft at its most. So, just want to put it out there. So, I'm looking forward to checking it out. I'll probably get my thoughts about it when I finally get a chance to watch the season next week. And uh, let you know, guys know what I um, think. And it actually probably be more appropriate because Hellboy's coming out next week. So, I will absolutely do that and then kind of give a, a soft review on Sabrina the Teenage, uh, the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina and give my other review of Hellboy. Kind of, you know, this is kind of parallel similarities there so i'd rather do it that way so i'll do that uh interesting i'll give my shout out to uh kiana map dunn out here because she posted something on our acmg facebook group that a new comic book based drama is coming soon called asunder based on the comic book by sebastian a jones and published by stranger comics the story is being considered a afro-futuristic tale about an orphan girl named niobe and who is who is born of two nations and raised in a small desert town she is seeking her ancestors while binding them against an enemy an ancient enemy sounds very interesting and this is exactly what probably HBO seeks to look for, especially after the success of Game of Thrones, which the final premiere, the eighth season, is coming. So they're going to need something to prepare. They're going to need something new to lure fans and to lure new subscribers into for this. Which, by the way, if you guys own Xfinity, uh, Comcast Xfinity, this is going to be their free week if you haven't seen the commercials already. So this is going to be your time to binge on a lot of things that is me included because i don't own hbo every time i try to every time i get hbo and subscribe to it for a few months i realize i don't watch a damn thing on here like the only thing i really really watched in here was probably game of thrones to some extent and then but i fell off of that uh, series and then furthermore ballers 
was the only thing. And then some of the some other shows that I watched, but it wasn't like enough. Warrant, it didn't warrant me enough to add on another like six ninety nine or eleven ninety nine or whatever it, it cost to do that uh, to pay that premium fee. So I didn't even I didn't even jump on it. I, it's not even worth it. I trust me. I pay enough on cable to do it. And again, if you guys notice, I am doing cable. It's because I've done without cable and I've cut the cord and I've worked on all these streaming sites. And I remember I did an episode doing the math and all these streaming sites. There is no difference. So I'd rather just keep it down there, keep it to that level it's at, and at best. So I also, I, I do want to give uh, Kiana credit again. Switching on to some other news here. This was crazy. This is crazy. And I will give warnings as I am talking about this. There is a man by the name of Sean Shea who is or actually did attempt to do the same routine that Saitome. Yes, that Saitome from One Punch Man apparently has done to become the bald headed superhero that we know. And if you guys remember in the anime and the manga of One Punch Man, how he got his powers is that he just did a routine workout. Of a hundred sit-ups, a hundred squats, a hundred push-ups, and a ten-kilometer run, which was about six point two miles. This guy actually attempted to do this for thirty days and did all of this, and he did a before and after video showing the results. He has succeeded. He, the dude, is shredded. I'm hoping I. Of course, they didn't show him doing it every day, but, you know, he did a lot of great editing for it and everything. So I'm going to we just got to go by trust, the honor bound trust that he actually did this. But the results after 30 days was phenomenal. It was awesome. Now, as I say this, I've seen a bunch of people on our on our Facebook group. And take note, our Facebook group consists of people that are possibly like in their 20s to like maybe their 40s and maybe their 50s maybe to that extent and i those people some of those people were saying talking about they were going to try to do it okay on behalf of my wife my lovely wife who is actually a fitness trainer she actually got a uh, certified by nasm if you don't know what nasm is is this pretty much the um the institute where every trainer gets Certified. A lot of the UFC trainers have been certified for, you know, by NASM. Uh, so you cannot do this without consulting your doctor or a professional health physician, such as a personal trainer, who will most likely make you go see a doctor to make sure that you're capable of doing this. All of our DNAs are different. All of our body structures are different. There's no way in hell everybody can do this and survive, especially when you're not conditioned to be able to handle that. This man, if you see this man before, he was he was not that much out of shape. He was just a little bit flabby. He didn't shred as much, but he was still athletically capable. He was enough to be able to handle this level. So he he, he you could tell he didn't have a sit in his couch physique like most of us do he absolutely had he was ready to be able to move to that next level and extend and 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 evolve to that next level to be able to do something like this i would not advise anybody if if you try to do this you're a damn fool 
because <laughs> you should never do any type of ex- like strenuous workout. You don't know how your heart rate is. You don't know how anything is until your doctor checks you out and makes sure that you actually are okay to do so. So, I, you know, congratulations to Sean. That is awesome. For 30 straight days doing this, this it's crazy. But don't try this at home until you get a further approval from your doctor. That's all I'm saying here, people. So, uh, moving on to some other news here. Uh, we got a chance to see Jaquan Phoenix as the Joker in the first trailer, official trailer. It's about a two-minute trailer. And I got to say, I'm impressed with it. It looks interesting. Uh, it looks very modern. It's like modern Gotham. You know, if you watch any of the movies or the TV shows, it's always a mixture of, of you got retro noir Gotham or you have modern day Gotham that looks like normal everyday, you know, our old normal everyday neighborhood, but it just have Gotham all over the place. In this case, this was modern day Gotham. This was like Christopher Nolan's Gotham in, in, in a sense. I don't know if it's based off of that, but... Jaquan Phoenix looked very impressive in the role as the clown. Uh, as I would call the clown prince of chaos. This is an origin story as much of us, most of us know. There is a slight essence of Heath Ledger in this performance of Jaquan. So I'm very interested to see this movie just on that standpoint alone. So in the fact that the whole entire area looks very, it looks very much like modern Christopher Nolan Gotham uh, universe. So... I, I'm all for it. I'm actually, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to always keep my reserve on certain things. There's certain things I'm like, no, that's, I'm not trying to, I'm not even trying like Venom. I'm not even trying to do it. So Venom was just, it, there was no point of a Venom <laughs> at all, especially the way they did it. This one looks like it may be done possibly right. And I'm interested in it. And I'm, I'm interested in Jack Juan Phoenix. He looks promising. So uh, if you haven't checked it out, go out of your way to check it out. They haven't released a date as when it's coming, but be sure to check it out coming soon all right so i want to give my thoughts on netflix's newest anime ultraman i gotta tell you i got a chance to watch the first season this week and i love this season this series this anime and i can tell you something i was never really an ultraman fan one the outfit the costume was always dorky to me the outdated special effects didn't move me. You know, it was back in the 60s, I think, that Ultraman came out. And, uh, you know, it was around the time they were doing Godzilla and everything, and it was like the kaiju fights and everything that they were doing. So there's a lot of things that have changed in this series that I felt I love. And they, so, well, for one thing, they did not have any ki- giant kaiju battles in this series at all, at least not yet, not till maybe next season. I don't know if they ever do. But the storyline is supposed to be that there it's the aftermath of the kaiju invasion in which the original Ultraman defeated. So I was okay with that because I didn't bother. It didn't, in the, in the words of uh, Black Dynamite, it's like, it didn't make me no never mind. So, <laughs> but I didn't mind that. What I did love was the new suit designs they look kind of slash cost you know gear versus mech type of style like armor i loved it it was beautifully done it looks awesome and kind of looks like it look it's funny because uh i've just started playing dragon ball heroes world missions which i'll be reviewing this week on select start 
And lo and behold, there is a new Great Simon 3 who also has a way better looking costume and armor version of the costume that's made to look like it's made to look resemble the essence of the original Simon suit, but it's a mech suit. And it looks kind of similar to what Ultraman is. It's really awesome in here, but I love what they did here. I love the story that, you know, is based on the son of Ultraman who apparently inherit the abilities of becoming the new Ultraman. Meanwhile, his father is kind of looking towards passing the torch onto him as well. And he's kind of taking it in and allowing it. But there are also apparently other Ultramen in the series as well throughout the entire season that you'll see. The, the CGI, I was a little skeptical about the CGI at first, but as I was watching it and the animation that was going on with the CGI, I began to warm up to it and even like it even more. So I love the CGI. It is great CGI along with great action. And the show is well packed, is well paced actually. Um, it left me, it definitely left me wanting more. And definitely, I'm looking forward to another season of this. So, uh, if you're a fan, I, I, I would compare this to, like, Gotcha Man, of course, Guyver, Kassan. You know, if you love all those type of... Uh, I, I can name plenty other different, you know, classic anime that I can resemble to this. But if you love all of those type of, you know, series, you could definitely get into this. I would, if you own Netflix, go out of your way to check out Ultraman. It is a great, great series so far. And let's talk about another great series, which season two has come as well. Cloak and Dagger. I am so happy that this show is back. I absolutely love the first season. Didn't love it as much as I did The Runaways. The Runaways was is absolutely phenomenal. But Cloak and Dagger is a really close second to if you want to compare the two. But a still a great series. They had another two-hour premiere on a freeform network. If anybody is Freeform needs to be advertised a lot more. Freeform, if you guys don't know, if you've never watched Freeform, Freeform is a used to be ABC family, which means it's also owned by Disney, which was why Cloak and Dagger is on this series. I don't hear enough about the quality of shows that they have, which they have some really good quality shows. They got, if you're a fan of Blackish, if you ever love Blackish, they have the spinoff to Blackish on air with Zoe on air. As she has the college, just like their version of a different world. And that show is awesome. I absolutely love Gronish to death. And there are some other really cool shows in there as well. But I don't feel like they advertise these shows enough. And Cloak and Dagger's now on there. And you know, they and, if, and I believe the um the runaways do play when they, you know, after a while of them not, you know, after being on Hulu for a certain extent. And it probably the second season will probably air right after this uh season of cloak and dagger as well so because they did it last year but i absolutely love what they did with this show and i love the direction that they're going with we this time we actually saw you know taken from the events of the first season we did see tyrone now hiding in the same area in that church where tandy used to live at and he because he's running from the cops he's running from everybody after the events of the rock song situation so He's just well hidden from society, unfortunately. He can't see his mom. He can't see his father. And they, you could tell they miss him dearly, but he he's mastering his ability to teleport now. So he's able to do more things with it. And he's testing himself out, becoming a vigilante now. And, you know, Robin, he's pretty much being Robin Hood at this case. He's robbing a rich. I don't think he's giving to the poor. 
yet. But he's actually trying to stop crime and trying to, uh, you know, help. And while that's happening, Tandy's living back home with her mother. They're trying to work together to make amends with everything that's been going on as far as the rock song situation. And they're going to support groups now, and which is it's good and bad at the same time. So, you know, Tandy has a lot of pent up frustration that she's still trying to work out with everything that's going on involving her father and everything that's going on with with Tyrone and everything. It's really it's been really crazy. And then to further that. A new threat is coming in the form of Detective Bridget O'Reilly. If you guys remember, we last saw her at the end of season one in an encounter with a freak accident at with the Battle of Rocks on, which led her to change into something different. Well, apparently, as we see right now, I don't know how deep everything's going to get to the point of what's really going on with her and what, it, what how did the accident affected her, but she now has two versions of hers. She has her version, and now she has a more violent version who is taking matters into their own hands. So she's kind of her own good cop, bad cop in this case, in this here. But it's awesome. And if you guys have read the Cloak and Dagger comic books or anything like that, you recognize who she's going to be. She's going to be the villain known as Mayhem, or the anti-hero known as Mayhem in this case. And that's going to turn into a lot of crazy things going down the line in this series so i enjoyed the first two episodes uh season episodes and i'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen next i know cloak eventually will get his cloak back and i don't know how tandy's going to end up them looking like the comic book versions but i'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen i pray that they somehow team up with the runaways and do a crossover because that would be so awesome for them to do they're all about the same age level I can see them easily doing something like this. They haven't done it for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and they should in some cases. I I mean, they're all in the same universe. It's been already said that they're already in the same universe, especially on the Runaways when they revealed, they mentioned Wakanda on air. So it's all in. So I, I love it. So other few bits of news before we head off to our talk topic. Netflix. This is exciting news because a lot of people have been uh, rather excited about that or blown away by the news of this. Netflix is pushing ahead to, uh, with the new series based on the classic anime series Cowboy Bebop, one of the greatest series of all time. Star Trek and Harold and Kumar actor John Cho is set to play the role of Spike. Now, to the idiots out there, to the idiots out there in the world, who keep thinking that every character in anime is American just because they do have some Americanized features. I hate to tell you this, but most of those characters are Japanese. That's fact. And in fact, the character that Spike is based off of is an actor that is Japanese. And there are pictures out there of the guy in the same costume and the same hairstyle as Spike. And it was a reference and homage to that character. So you cannot shut up with your ignorant, non-researching asses about a character that you think is supposed to be American and should have an American actor. Anything based on Japanese should not have any of them, but we do. And be glad that we do. With that said, John Cho, I'm always a big fan of his. I've always loved John Cho. He's the son, he's the uh, brother of Margaret Cho. The uh, I, I guess you could call her a legendary comedian because she's been around for a long time and uh she's well known she's you know she's definitely been out in the scene for quite a while so uh i've always loved her but her brother 
was a big fan of his. I watched him all the way back since the WB series uh, off center, if I remember correctly. He was he, he just stood out. He was a he was a great personality in there, and then he went out to do Harold and Kumar and made became legendary with that one. And then he was played he played Mr. Sulu in uh, Star Trek and did tremendous. He he gave that character justice on that show, on that movie, on those uh, movies that they made. So I'm all for him doing it. I think he may be able to pull it off. Some people are a little bit skeptical, but I think we haven't seen... He's one of those guys that I don't think we've seen enough of his ability. I think he may be able to do it in a way... He has the charisma to pull it off. I truly believe this. So I'm looking forward to it, and hopefully we'll figure out more news as things develop on when this will be coming soon and not uh, more than enough so last bit of news i want to talk about <laughs> kind of mentioned this on the uh on the select star show on sunday but the avengers trailer that led to the box office pre-sale record theaters upon this really cool trailer that showed thanos this time that showed Rocket and Nebula actually comforting each other, holding hands, which showed them all getting ready to come at Thanos and Thanos' voice coming. And then at the very end, it said, tickets are available now. Within minutes, I'm setting up our normal Philly gathering for Movie Tavern at Flower Town. And I know how slow brow everybody is, and I told him I'm like, you gotta get, you gotta jump at this quick. Once we get our times, everything, let's jump at it quick. No, I'm not discrediting anybody for it because it's not their fault. It's just a circumstance of things. My goodness, did everything just go to shit? <laughs> because I went online, Kiana went online. It was like they are picking up seats fast, and I'm like looking at, it, I'm like, holy crap, this is really no joke. Like I looked at all the days that were going on. And that we were picking and it was like they're building up and at this point i'm shouting out everybody for themselves just break out and get tickets wherever you can <laughs> it was crazy but it's all about survival at this point so it was it's real in the field people and i got my tickets i managed to get some tickets at movie tavern unfortunately we're not doing the gathering we're probably going to set it up for spider-man i don't think it'll be that crazy but at least this experience will allow all of my people to be a little bit more cautious and let's get it done when the time comes because we don't want to miss this event and this was like i i mean we knew this was a big event we knew endgame was huge it was going to be huge but this stepped it up majorly by everybody going freaking crazy because they don't want to be spoiled or anything like that or they want to get a chance to see it you know before anybody and this was Absolutely. It was both awesome and crazy as hell at the same time. Like, people are tripping. What's even more is that people are on eBay. I mentioned this last time. It's like before, what was it? What was it, actually? Uh, TMZ was where I first saw this, where people are selling their tickets on eBay. For the one person was selling their ticket on eBay for $9,100. There was one bid in there. Well, I decided to recently check in, and lo and behold, it gets worse. The lowest bid that I saw for tickets was 20 bucks. The highest bid that I seen on eBay for tickets to, for early tickets, screening tickets for in-game, $11,000. Are you out of your freaking mind? Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Even 
$500 is too much for a movie that you will most likely see on digital and DVD within a course of three to four months or the next day or the next week. But unfortunately, I even saw somebody that actually spent $500 and with it including a shipping cost of $12 for a ticket for early screening. Like, people, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. It's not that serious. It is really not that serious. If you don't want to be, honestly, if you don't want to be spoiled by anything, turn yourself off of the internet until after you go to see the movie. You are, this is a part of society that's stupid. And how really addicted to social media we really are. Because in hindsight, if you go on to social media, yeah, you're asking for it. But all you got to do is cut yourself off of social media for 24, maybe 48 hours before you actually see something. Or if you see something, don't don't get notifications. Don't do anything. Just block yourself away from it. Turn yourself away. Don't get into that app. I mean, there's so many ways to go about it. But paying $500 to $11,000 on a ticket so you won't get spoiled on social media, the lo- thinking about the logic of that. That is really stupid. That is really stupid. It's pretentious. It's borderline wasting a lot of money. If a lot of money that most people, I guarantee you, don't really have. When all you should have did was prepare for, you should have prepared yourself to get tickets. One, two. If you can't get tickets, you know, at the first day, you get them when you can, and then you just, if you don't want to be spoiled, you rather tell your friends, don't spoil it, don't say shit, put out a warning, do whatever, do what I do, do a talk time post, which I'm going to be doing for the ACMG Facebook members to make sure that they do not spoil it for anybody. I'm going to see it Saturday. I'm putting out the talk time live post on Friday. I'm posting it for people to allow them to actually post on there. I'm going to turn off notification. I'm not going to indulge in it. I'm just going to let them do their thing and say their thing and say their piece. I will make sure I put a warning on there saying, if you did not see this movie, do not watch it. Do not read this post. Biggest day. Whoever gets pissed at it, it's on you. It's our tradition. But there are better ways to handle the situation other than going ballistic online and eat. And you know what? I ain't mad at the people who put up the bid because they knew how stupid people were being to do it so shout out to all the people who got that money <laughs> so that's all i'm gonna say about that about them shout out to all those people who got that cash because they knew how stupid people are and how addicted they are and this if this doesn't prove how addicted you are on social media i don't know what it is so with that said great trailer i'm looking very forward to it we're counting down the days to that and mortal kombat 11 Let's all enjoy it, and let's all enjoy it and have fun and allow other people to have fun. I know it's going to be exciting, but don't be a dick and spoil it for everybody else. Because one, we're in some harsh times. You may not ever know. You spoil it for one person, that's your ass. And I don't condone it, but sometimes that's the way it is. So I'll leave it at that, but everybody enjoy yourself. Do it safely. Do it as a community let's all have fun and enjoy it together so ladies and gentlemen that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back and talk about my interesting review of shazam from a philadelphia perspective we're going to do that right after this 
Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, the voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go! Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! This is Tom Gibbous, the voice of Shikamaru Nara from Naruto, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, and it's not a drag. Do it. And now, it's time for our Talk Topic of the Week. Ready? Wait! Alright folks, we are back with our Talk Topic of the Week, and it is my review of Shazam by DC Films, the latest addition to the convoluted universe that they are trying to put together. Uh, I'm going to say this right now. I had so many issues with this movie, and I know they got certified fresh. I wanted to enjoy this movie. I would have probably enjoyed it better if they didn't say it was from Philadelphia. Because that's where it's going to start with me here. I am talking in Philadelphia. I'm from Philadelphia. I was born in Philadelphia. I'm always happy when we have movies about Philadelphia. Love trading places. They gave, they showed us pride. I love Rocky, of course. Love Creed. Uh, what else? Z Nation. I mean, there was tons of movies that's been in Philly and represented Philly. Even f- films that were filmed in Philly and said it was from somewhere else still had some Philly flair to it. But this was a total misconception of what Philadelphia was. There was, And it's not just the whole setting that bothered me about this movie. There's some other things that bothered me about this movie. It's not to say, I'm not going to say I didn't like the movie in, in, a whole, in its whole, but I didn't enjoy it the way I wanted to enjoy this movie. A lot of it does have to do with the settings, because I was thrown off through the entire time, but there was some other things too that I'll mention. But they, director David F. Sandberg, for some reason, a man from Sweden... Who I guess at this point, I was hoping that he had some Philadelphia experience, but if he did, I would still question it. But a man from Sweden apparently, I guess, visited Philadelphia, possibly, and I guess just took all of the tourist aspects of Philadelphia and put it in this film. I mean, from the door, I my mood changed a minute. They showed the scene where from the past where the the security guard, I mean, I'm sorry, it wasn't security. It was the cop that came in to help Billy Batson from a robbery. And he wind up taking over the car and taking what it, what apparently was a Geno's steak sandwich in a bag with the Geno's logo in there. The minute I saw that logo from the door, my mouth, my, my whole entire mood just just went away. Just zapped every any possible, any real possible part of me enjoying this film in a whole just went away from that point because I was like, okay, here we go again. I got to tell you guys, if you're not in Philly and you heard about Philly and you probably heard about some of the tourist things about Philly, for instance, pretzels, yeah, we it, they're okay. 
fine. I don't eat them as often as people would like to believe. But even more, cheesesteaks. I do love a cheesesteak. I don't normally like chicken cheesesteaks. I don't eat as many cheesesteaks as, at least if I eat any cheesesteaks, it's once a year. That's one thing. But that's beside the point. When I do love a cheesesteak, it's damn sure not from some freaking Geno's or Jim's or Pat's Steak. Those are steak places that tourists go to. Those are steak places that people always advertise when they come to Philly. Because it, the, it's only about location is the reason why these, these places are It's not because they're the best steaks in town. That is not true. I've tasted Pat's. I've tasted Geno's. I've also tasted Iskabiggle. Oh, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm, I'm discrediting him for this. Iskabibble. And I know that's a, great, a crazy name, but it's also met with a great tasting sandwich. And South Street, right across the street from Jim's, there's Iskabibble. One of the best steaks in that area. I recommend them. There is definitely a place in St. Joe's University named Larry's. Larry's Home of the Belly Fillers. Also a very famous place, but they back it up with some really good steaks. And they fill them bitches up to the brim. I recommend them. Hell, Steve the Prince of Steaks around my way gets love too. Gino's is so overrated. I ate Gino's last time, I think, at the Sugar House. And it I was not impressed. I was actually disappointed in the steak. I hated the steak. Trust me, they're way more quality places the gyms pats and genos i hate that they put that on there because automatically i saw that this was going to be a tourist uh depiction of philly and it it, it was further it, it furthered that to the point so not only did they do that but they also showed different air views from a helicopter and and the camera's panning over to the liberty bell and the First, uh, what is it, Liberty Buildings and such like that, and all the monumental buildings and sky rises and skyscrapers or whatever like that. It was a piece of crap. And then you go deeper into the city, and they show 30th, they have signs that say 30th Street, Walnut Street, Market Street, whatever like that. And, but it wasn't really that. Like, if you saw 30th Street Station, if you've been at 30th Street Station, you know damn well that's not 30th Street Station. That pissed me off to the way. Like, what was the point of calling in Philadelphia if you didn't really give us the Philly love? You're just calling... The depiction of our city was badly, badly misconceived. (laughs) It was badly. And furthermore, on the top of that, of all that, SEPTA. SEPTA's our station. I don't know what the deal is and why they, they wanted to give love to SEPTA but did not show the logo... For SEPTA, they gave, they had a gimmick logo for SEPTA and followed by the trains and everything were not the same. Like, everything about this movie sucked to that point. Let's talk about movies that have been, legendary movies that have been in Philly. Trade in Places, Eddie Murphy, Dan Aykroyd, and Trade in Places. Uh, you know, they, they were definitely in Philly. In fact, one of the places that they were in, I know they were in, which was the police station, which in fact is Community College of Philadelphia. Guaranteed. That was a spot in Philadelphia. They were at Rittenhouse Square. They were everywhere. They were at, you know, downtown. You That was real Philly. And it felt like real Philly. And even in the 80s, you got Rocky and Knife Street. 
in the at the oh yeah but they did go to of course they went to the uh art museum where rocky was at so another tourist uh, site too but you had rocky who was in ninth street he was in south philly he was all over the place very recognizable places the spirit of philadelphia was in those movies you had creed who was doing that too he stopped if you remember in creed, certain episodes of creed he stopped at some really cool hot spots some under like some real hot spots around the way that giving you know they and they given respect to those stores and the places and everything and in really hot spots in philadelphia they went deep into Philadelphia. They traveled into Philadelphia. They stayed into Philadelphia. They embraced Philadelphia. I don't even know where the hell this place was filmed. They filmed like one or two segments of Philadelphia in certain areas in Philadelphia. And then they do this movie. And all of a sudden, it, there's, it's supposed to be our depiction of Philadelphia. I get it that the high school that they went to, Fawcett, or, or whatever it was called, it's based on the comic book that it was uh, paying homage. It was like an Easter egg to the homage. I don't mind that. That was fine. But... The actor's portrayal, none of it felt like Philadelphia. The areas did not feel like Philadelphia. This movie probably, I probably would have enjoyed this movie just a little bit more had they not said this was from Philadelphia. I was thrown off. I can't, I speak for myself. I can't, I'm not speaking on behalf of my other Philadelphians, but I, I can only imagine that if you're from Philly and you see this, that you had to, you you kind of like, what what is going on? Why, what is, no, I'm not feeling this. Now, granted, to that respect, and this movie was considered certified fresh, and I know a lot of it had to do with people not in Philly. So if you're looking at it from a perspective of not being in Philadelphia, I can understand that you're looking at this from another whole type of, type of view. But the problem to me is that you're looking at it with the ideal that that's what you think Philadelphia is. Philadelphia is not Geno's. Philadelphia is not just the Liberty Bell or Ben Franklin statue or the Love Park statue. There's so much more to Philadelphia than the, than what they showed. And it's damn sure not just the art museum. It was, to me, it was a poor depiction, a shallow depiction of my city. Like even Will Smith, when he was doing Fresh Prince, did a better depiction of Philadelphia. Hell, Transformers Dark of the Moon was filmed in Philadelphia, even though it was supposed to be Princeton. I think they did a better job show, um, giving us the Philly feel, even though it was supposed to be Princeton, New Jersey, than us, than in this movie. <laughs> That's, a, to me, I was just like, I was just so frustrated with that. And then to top it off, we're going to go to the performance part of it now. I'm not saying nothing about Zach Levi, because he, he is Zach Levi. I've been a fan of him since Chuck. He's always, he's kind of like, well, he has a Will Smith type of personality. He's just, he's a very fun uh, dude. And when you see him on film, it's like he's just being himself in there. And that's what I liked about him. So he did, he did pretty good with this role. If I would, if I would to give it any critique, I would say it it was just him being a little bit too kiddish. But then Billy Batson himself was also in that kind of kiddish too, in a sense. But I feel like, their personalities didn't gel once, you know, from the adult to the kid version as much as it could have. But it was it, it they pulled it off pretty well. But uh, Asher Angel actually visually does look like Billy Batson from the comic books. That was cool. That I did like, and he did okay. I I liked him as Billy Batson. It, it's a role that he could grow into because it looks like they're going to do a sequel anyway. Here's where I kind of took issue. I didn't know that he was going to be in a movie, but Jamon Honsu, 
you guys see, just seen him in Captain Marvel. So he technically is in two Captain Marvel movies, which is hilarious. Uh, for those who don't know, Shazam was, or um, Captain Thunder is what they call him now. He was once known as Captain Marvel. And there was an issue in a law, in a uh, legal issue where he had to wind up changing his name. And that's why it became Shazam. Uh, it's a deeper story than now. I'm not giving it enough, you know, detail on that. But that's what happened. He originally is Captain Marvel. But they somehow got the rights to use Captain Marvel, which we just seen last year. But Jamon was on here playing the wizard Shazam. I'm going to tell you right now. He, If you got to pick between him as a Kree or him as the wizard, he was way better as a Kree. For one thing, I don't mind my people of color playing a role like this. But damn it, yo, get his costume on point to the point that I really feel like he was. I knew who it was from the jump when I saw him, and it didn't, it, it, it didn't turn, it turned, it broke my disbelief. It really broke my disbelief because it just, it looked like Jamon Hunson in a Merlin costume, and he was cosplaying as Merlin. He didn't look like he was, it, I, I don't think he worked out, in my opinion, as the wizard Shazam. It just didn't feel right at all. Like, I, maybe it's because, like, I'd never seen a brother with, like, hair like that <laughs> to that extent. But it just didn't look real. It didn't look authentic. It didn't look anywhere close to, like, okay, I can really believe that he's this character. It, it The portrayal of it just didn't, it really phased me out. And it was, it was sad, because I am a big fan of his as well. I like the majority of the roles that he takes. But... This one right here just didn't work out for him, in my opinion. Mark Strong, who everybody was hoping to see Black uh, Adam in this movie, wind up not being the case. It was Dr. Thaddeus uh, Savannah, which if you read, if I believe if you read the New 52 version, he is one of the main big villains in that in a comic book series. So it made sense for that. And he, I had no problems with Mark Strong. He did. I thought he did a great job. As the villain here, he definitely has the voice of a villain and he carries it very well. He carried his demeanor very well. I liked him throughout. He's kind of one of the, one of the characters that really kept me to enjoying this movie to some extent. So I thought he was I thought he made to be a great, uh, pretty damn good villain here. Um, and, and I'm sorry, but people it looks like Black Adam will not be in here anytime soon. Um, I didn't I didn't stay long enough for the end credits. And I know there were end credits there, but I, I was like I was already done with this movie. I didn't care about the incredible seeds. I, I left at this point. But um, it looks like he's going to be teaming up with another villain that's, again, not Black Adam. So, unfortunately, we're not going to get him in there, which everybody thought The Rock was going to be portraying him in there as well. So, I'll I tell you what, though. My role MVP for this movie, bar none, no, no joke, was Jack Dylan Grazer as Freddie Freeman. The uh, the kid on the, with the crutches. And who was, you know, Billy's, you know, right-hand dude or sidekick or whatever like that. He was way more entertaining than annoying in this movie, and he was the comic relief that they, this movie clearly, whereas this movie was trying to be too comic relief. I felt it was too, it was too much more comic relief and not enough, you know, action. To, I mean, it was, no, definitely action, but it was like, it was, I felt, I, I wanted to see a mixture of both action drama and comedy, but it was more of it laying on too much of the comedy. But with that said, Freddie Freeman, the, the Freddie Freeman character, I absolutely enjoyed. I absolutely enjoyed. He was hilarious. He, I think he stood out 
more than anything. And I say it a lot because Zach Levy, of course, was also comic on this movie when he was doing the role, too. So they did a great job on, um, as far as that role right there. He stood out. I think another one that really stuck out for me, too, was where is she at? I'm looking at IMDb right now. Where is the little girl? There she is. Uh, it was Faith Herman. This is by far one of the most adorable little girls I have ever seen. Like, and there's some, there's been some adorable girls in the past, but first of all, she's tiny as hell. And apparently she's from This Is Us. And, uh, I, I, I can see why people love that series so much. I'm like, like, come on, man. <laughs> she was absolutely breathtakingly cute in this, uh, series. And I couldn't help but to smile every time she was on film. It was like when, um, Rudy from, you know, the Cosby show ever appeared when she was younger, especially on, when she was on, uh, the last dragon and she was just so adorable. It reminded me of that. In there too so I, she stood out as well everybody else were great uh ian chen and uh you know javon arman which were also the foster kids pedro and eugene they were fine they were fine uh cooper andrews is victor he was fine too uh grace fulton as mary uh you know broomfield was fine stephanie hawkins i mean all of i mean they they did really good natalie uh stroman i mean i'm sorry let me see that natalie uh Sanfran. um as Mrs. Savannah was also, I mean, they, they had a lot of great roles, but I tell you what, I was surprised that I was really happy to see John Glover, who plays the father of uh, Thaddeus. And I love this because just last week we were watching the latest episode of Supergirl. And in this universe, it's the mother who's like evil and cutthroat and just doesn't care about her kids and whatever like that but she's rich as hell which is very reminiscent of lionel luther luther uh luthor from smallville he was one of my favorite characters of smallville when they brought him in and he really brought a different form of depth into that show along with you know lex luthor on that film he was like the real he was like cutthroat evil he's a great actor it was great to see him playing that almost like that same role again in this movie. And, but you know, there was nothing different. He's just, he's great at playing an evil father. (laughs) And, uh, in this case, uh, Thaddeus, you know, with him actually being obsessed with the power that he was supposed to get, but he wasn't the chosen one that Shazam wanted. He wind up getting them into an accident, which crippled his father. And this whole led to a whole other thing here. So it was, I thought it was, otherwise it was really good performances, but some of them just stood out. But the only, I, I would say the only negative is, is Jamon is um, the wizard Shazam in here. So I, I really dig most of them. What I did like too, I, I, I got to give him credit. Um, when they, at the very end, there's a scene in there where everybody, all the kids, all the, um, the orphan kids become Shazams in their own right. So what happens is like Darla, the little girl winds up becoming older and it apparently is Megan good of all people. I'm like, all right, you couldn't pick a better person for that. Megan good is one of my favorite, uh, black actresses. She is really, really, really like she is the black Megan Fox Barna. She's really gorgeous. And, um, I've always liked, you know, she, they always played her as the girl next door type of thing. And every, it's funny. Cause every time, and many of you always also seen her in like Anchorman too, but 
every time she used to do like when she was doing younger roles and like teenage roles when she make her first appearance it was always in the slow-mo <laughs> it was hilarious but she played an older version of darla but she was playing the younger version my with a young mind and it was really cute to see her play that role dj um katrana uh was also playing the older version of pedro now funny part about him is that that's flip from gi joe which i thought was hilarious in here so you got to see him you got to see ross butler funny thing about him he's the original reggie from riverdale and i was like wow I still don't understand what happened or why they changed him from Riverdale. I don't know if he had other commitments along the way, but it was interesting to see that he wind up leaving the show and they got the other dude playing Reggie, who, by the way, that other guy playing Reggie is going to be in a movie with Zoe from the Gronish, which looks interesting as well. Uh, you got Adam Brody in here playing Freddy. And Adam Brody, I haven't seen since the O.C., when I actually watched that show. So like, damn, where the hell he been? <laughs> so, I mean, you got, you know, they had a great selection of people in here. And Michelle Broth uh, was in here as well as one of them. And is playing Mary. And uh, she's on Hawaii Five O, I I believe, if I'm correct. So I thought that part was pretty interesting too. I mean, overall, the movie actually is, I guess if you're not from Philly, you would, you have a reason not to be pissed at it. And you only see a fictional story. And to that, I respect the opinions of everybody and, and their views on it. And they may like it. And I can understand why they would like it. There's something to like in this movie. I just think some of the things kind of threw me off as far as the the authenticity of our of, of Philadelphia. And, 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 and pretty much... What is it? Uh, Jamon's role as Shazam. That kind of threw me off. Did I also mention that SEPTA was in there too? They gave a shout out to SEPTA. They gave a shout out to 30th Street Station and all these other places, but they weren't like, they did. They were not those places at all. Like the SEPTA thing, I got to figure out what, what happened with that because SEPTA is our, for those who are not in Philly, SEPTA is our bus line, our transit line. And I don't know if they had legal rights to do so, or if that was the case, why did they just not just call, you know, say SEPTA in there? Like, you shouted them out, but not shouted them out. And then, furthermore, you gave them a logo that is not their original logo at all. But you says, it just, it, none of it made any sense. I don't know what went into this, but it was bogus. It was absolutely bogus as hell. You got me saying some old terms and phrases like that. That's even worse. So... Overall, I gotta, again, it's funny because I really, I actually enjoyed Man of Steel. I really love Wonder Woman. I absolutely enjoy Aquaman. Justice League was okay. It was just passable okay. I couldn't deal with Batman versus Superman for obvious reasons. But this one I'm, I'm, I'm putting in the back burner. Like this to me, this is not DVD worthy. The fact that I left out of the theater without even watching in in, in excitement and anticipation for the end credits, I to me, I if I had to give it a grade, this is a C minus movie for me. This was to me, and I, and that, that's just my view of it. I don't know if people are going to agree with me or not, but that's just the way I saw it. Just for based on the authenticity base of, of things and how they viewed Philadelphia to me, it was just that to me was a turn off. And I honestly, 
I'm interested in seeing what our listeners is going to be thinking about that and what they're going to say about that because I thought it was, I, I it really, it's kind of like, it's kind of like saying, what if it, you know how people get really pissed off when there are stereotypes of people, like for for me for instance, like the, the stereotypes that black people get all the time, the stereotypes that. Uh, people from India get or the Hindu community or the Asian community. It's kind of like that, but it's done into a, an entire city. And none of it felt authentic at all. Not the personalities, not the areas, just a few monumental tourist areas. And that was supposed to be Philadelphia. To me, that, that, that was a big turnoff for me. And I mean, overall, it didn't really, none of it to me really grabbed me like Captain Marvel did last month. That was a great film, and they didn't really base it on any like main place. And if if they did, I'm pretty sure they, you know, I they get more respect in that. Like, come on, even like New York gets always res- great respect. I mean, everywhere gets other like really great respect than you know than this. This is the fir- like this is the first movie I was not proud of that it was based on Philadelphia. It, I just wasn't. I just it, God for God's sakes, the Goldbergs. The Goldbergs, for God's sake, is based on Norristown in Philadelphia. And they take it because and because Adam Goldberg is actually from Philadelphia. So if you compare Goldberg to Sandberg, <laughs> you know, you got one guy who lives in Philadelphia. When he films, he makes sure he brings the authenticity of that. We see a lot of great areas and places and atmospheres and I you if if you're in Philadelphia and you've watched that show you absolutely enjoy that show plus they show a lot of great cool fandom like things that anybody of anime comics movies and games will love and then you see this and it's like what the hell this is just a very shallow depiction so for that again a C minus for me let me know what you guys think on this I I really it really pissed me off to no end but it is what it is it ain't what it ain't but we're counting down to the days of Endgame. The end is near, ladies and gentlemen. So we're we're about to do it, and trust me, I guarantee we're gonna be that's gonna be paying off, right? So, ladies and gentlemen, that will do it for this edition of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Thank you so very much. I hope everybody's enjoying their WrestleMania weekend, whether you're a fan or not. I hope you're enjoying the weekend nonetheless. Let's just keep it positive. Let's keep it community. Let's keep it going. And again, uh, WrestleMania tonight. So hope everybody, including myself, enjoys it for seven hours. And that'll be that. This week, we have got the pleasure of getting the people behind Shovel Knights. Uh, that being Yacht Club Games, and they are coming out with a brand new game called Cyber. What is it? Cyber Shadow, I believe. Yes, that is correct. It is Cyber Shadow. It is if you're a fan of side-scrolling. Ninja Gaiden, old school NES type of games. You're gonna want to check this game out. Uh, I will be talking with one of the, with the people behind that this week, and uh, get ready for that to find out what you should be looking forward to. It's going to be on a lot of platforms. I believe Xbox definitely. I've seen it on. I've seen a trailer for PlayStation, and it's definitely coming to the Nintendo Switch, hopefully soon, and we get to check this out. So I'll be talking about that and much more, including. You know how they got together. It's a five-man team, as it mostly always is with indie game developers. And uh, I'm looking forward to talking to those guys. So not only that, we're going to have Select Start this week. I'm going to be reviewing Dragon Ball Heroes World's uh, missions, where I'm going to be reviewing the Friends of... 
I believe it's Ichi. Uh, I forgot the name of that one, but I'll be reviewing a, another one there. But I think there's a third one I'm going to be uh, reviewing as well. So I got a lot going on this week, but rest assured, there is no shortage of all things anime, comics, movies, and games. So continue to follow us on. It's Ringo Ichikawa, by the way. Ha! So, <laughs> yes, the friends of Ringo Ichikawa. Ah, brain fart. So uh, let's keep on following us at. TalkTopLive.com, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and YouTube if you could catch it there too. I'll still work on a designated place to put that in as well. But you can now catch us in all of those places. And you can follow me at Josiah on Instagram. You can follow me if you're on Facebook at the ACMG Facebook group and all of our community in the face in the ACMG Facebook group. Not just myself, but get to meet new people. You know, if you're an adult 18 years old or older with a legit facebook uh profile of five years or more no less unless you happen to know somebody that can vouch for you again you could come in but we want people we want actual people communicating with actual faces and everything like that and you know actually have profiles of you communicating with friends and family or whatever like that because we want to keep it community and we don't want any trolls or solicitation or whatever like that so um definitely go there at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash acmg1 so you can check out all of that and more so stay tuned for all that thank you everybody again on behalf of myself this is dax xavier josiah saying learn to let go live life and love all things anime comics movies and games this is acmg presents talk time live I am out of here. Take care, people.